Welcome to Where Does Food, the food history podcast where we repeatedly ask, is cheesecake cake? I'm your host, Nimble Fingy Long, top, a.k.a. Tim We Hunt, and with me as always is uh, my non-food historian pal. El Chapo. El. Wow. El Chapo. Yeah, just super short. That was a good a.k.a. though. Yeah. Your list is adding. Yeah, my names keep changing, but I feel like I have to remember to say that I'm my my actual name is Tim Wehan, so people can find me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till the end of the episode; it's fine. Yeah, L, how you doing, Tim? I'm I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing. You know what? I'm going to be honest. Okay, with, uh, please. The people listening, we just spent like 40 minutes of me bitching about life, so I'm doing uh, okay. I've been better, but uh, you know what? We're recording, and I'm having a great time. That's I think that's a fair assessment, honestly. You you're in yeah. the boat. You're you're rowing the boat that we're all in. Yeah. <laughs> so Well, obviously we're talking about cheesecake. Delicious. That's why I said we always ask if cheesecake is cake. Because in the cake episode that we did, we I believe you mentioned a little bit about cheesecake. Just because it has the word cake in it. Yeah. In it. Um yeah. Uh do you like cheesecake? I love cheesecake. Absolutely adore cheesecake. Do you, like, how, when's the last time you had cheesecake? Um, last week, last week actually. Last, last week. Uh, L, I think it's been like, I think it's been two years. <laughs> oh wow! I okay. think it's been like, I think it's been forever since I've had cheesecake. Okay. I don't know. We need to I can't this for you. like, I can't remember when I last had cheesecake. Oh yeah, we definitely need to this for you. Yeah. Which is weird because I love cheesecake, but it's been so long. Big fan. What here's what I think Yearning. happened. Okay. Because I, I was re I obviously I was researching cheesecake, so cheesecake's been on the brain. It's been on there absolutely. Um, as it always should so be. So I think what happened is I think I got burned out on cheesecake. Ooh. Okay. I don't I don't think I had too much of it. I just think like people love cheesecake. And so like they I do. just felt like I was running into it too much. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Just like at, at, like at do- parties, at Different events. I was always, yeah, squares. I was always running into cheesecake. And you needed a break from each other. Yeah, I think I got tired of it. But after doing this research, um, I was like, I could go for a cheesecake. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've had a cheesecake. Do you have a preference um, on, on like what kind? Yeah, are you like an OG? I was actually gonna. I, that was actually my next question for you. I was literally about to tee up uh, what kind of cheesecake you prefer. Incredible. Okay. Well, I already asked you, so you, now I've already. Done okay, right. You want me to go first? Um, Absolutely. Listen, I'm I am a sucker for I'm a sucker for like a a a, a strawberry or mm-hmm. a raspberry uh, New York style with the uh, with the cookie crust. Uh, I'm I'm a sucker for that. I, I really enjoy I really enjoy a nice graham cracker crust or Delicious. like any sort of like crumbled cookie crust. I, I'm a fan Same. of that. Uh, over a pastry crust, I've had a couple with pastry crust, and they're fine, but. I do like a fruit um, cheesecake uh, a lot. Big fan yeah. uh, of any type of cheesecake with fruit. Um, I'm a fan of that. What about you? I'm so interestingly enough, I agree with you on the graham cracker, like the cracker base. I think that's huge. Mm. I enjoy that crunch at the bottom of it because I think just cheesecakes inherently, they're just really creamy texture. So having that crunch Ooh, at yeah. the end of it, just mm, it's really nice for me. Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for strawberry cheesecake. Yeah. Not as much a raspberry, but I'll eat it. I'll have a, I'll definitely have a fruit cheesecake, but strawberry cheesecake is is where I would lean. Yeah. Um of course just an original cream like cheesecake. New York style. New York yeah. style. Yeah, you yeah. can't go wrong with it. Um Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, I will have, I will try any type of cheesecake though, like chocolate, yeah, like or like cookies and cream, whatever. Like I'll do all, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites that I've had was like a raspberry with a chocolate cookie base. That sounds so, fabulous. Uh, okay, which, which I loved, which I loved that. So like it's like a you know Dutch, Dutch processed like cookies. So that Oreo cookie essentially that dark kind of mm, chocolate oh my cookie goodness yeah as the crust with like a just a normal ass cheesecake like new york style uh and like the raspberry puree like that uh fantastic i i that absolutely sounds so good absolutely absolutely love that i mean that the chocolate the bitterness of the chocolate the tartness of that uh raspberry mixed with like the sweet kind of tangy cheesecake is phenomenal just that mm. that was probably one of my favorites that i've had um yeah, Something about that. Yeah. Is a good oh, combo. wow. And I'm a little hesitant on chocolate cheesecakes because okay. I think cheesecakes are sweet and chocolate can get real sweet and decadent. And cheesecakes are both sweet and decadent. I, I feel like you get okay. into dangerous territory okay. when you do- you're doubling up on that sort of like type of dessert, right? Very like, rich. Because when I think of chocolate. At that point. Yeah. Yes. You think of chocolate cakes, things like that. You, you, it, you definitely tend to lean towards richness when you think of chocolate cake. Heavily leaning into that, yeah. Yeah, and so, and when I think of cheesecake, I also think of something that's, it's rich, it's cheese. It's, I mean, it's cheese and eggs and sometimes sour cream, like things like that. Oh my goodness, yes. It's, you know, it is in general a pretty rich and decadent type of uh, dessert. So you can get a little scary for me whenever you start throwing chocolate in with that. Dark chocolate. But. Dark chocolate base, but yeah. The one I had where it was just like the crust accented with like raspberry and stuff. So, you know, I think that sounds fabulous. That. that sounds really good. Love that. Very classy um, dessert. Oh, yeah. 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 You feel classy yeah. when you get a nice one. You yeah. do. Yeah. And they, Definitely refined. And they freeze really well. They freeze exactly. incredibly well. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's amazing. They are arguably one of the perfect desserts, I think, on planet Earth. I mean, they, they hold so well. You can't argue with just how... You can't argue with that. It holds so well. So it's like... Exactly. You know, 10 out of 10. And because sometimes with the cakes, it doesn't hold as well. It gets a little... Oh. Stale oh. tasting, yeah. if you will. They for sure... Cakes definitely get stale. And that tradition of married couples, like, holding it for the year or whatever. Uh, yeah, that cake is awful after a year. It's disgusting. But not a cheesecake after a year... I think would be good. Probably not terrible. There are 317 cheesecake factories in the world. So, on a scale from 1 to 317, where are you ranking cheesecake? <laughs> okay, I didn't expect there to be that many. Um, I know where I'm going to end up going with this, but just we're just going to we're going to start off at 300. But That's it, really we high. could be yeah, no, we could be at a perfect food situation with the cheesecake. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just trying to leave a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a some, some of drama. A Throw it in there. Yeah. yeah a little bit but, of drama for the for the episode. Yeah. All right, Elle, before we dive into the history of cheesecake, let's take just a wee second a wee. for our ads and affiliates and things. You're probably just going to hear me talk more. Nice people. You know, tonight at the Cheesecake Factory was the happiest that I have been in months. So what is cheesecake? What is it? Uh, to answer the question I asked at the very beginning, is cheesecake cake? Uh, no. Oh. No, it's not. It is often considered to be a tort or a custard pie uh, due to the fact that it is pretty much uh, just a cheese custard. Uh, sometimes not baked. A lot of the times baked. Uh, and so you can't really call that a 
cake. A cake. Uh, that's, again, custard pie, tort. Uh, some people even, uh, it's been referred to as tarts, um, things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's, in my opinion, I agree with that in terms of consistency, texture, and what you're dealing with. It is not a cake. I, it, I'm I'll not even having that. a discussion. It's not a cake. <laughs> I'll second that. No, it's, it's not a cake. Yeah. It is usually sweet uh, and typically has a crust of some sort. Now, they do make savory cheesecakes. That is a thing. Uh, and we'll even talk a little bit about its past and it kind of maybe not necessarily always being like, I mean, always having a sweetness to it, but not necessarily being like overly sweet, decadent dessert that we maybe come to think of it as uh, for today's sure. uh, purposes. But uh, even in kind of uh, modern times, there are like smoked salmon cheesecakes where it's not as like sugar forward, right? Like the cheesecake filling is just going to be a more like kind of bland tart custard with like a smoked salmon uh, uh interesting it, i have no idea like okay. and a and a and like a buttery pastry as like the uh you know the bottom the bottom so, it, yeah so not common at all i've never had a savory cheesecake in my life um but it does exist they do happen after all, you are functionally just fucking around with cream cheese most of the time, at least <laughs> in modern times. Or yeah. cheese curds or mascarpone. You know, you're, it's mostly just like mostly soft just cheeses cheese, that aren't. Yeah, yeah and those are all usually subtle, a little tart. Like, you know, they're not necessarily, those aren't sweet either. It isn't, doesn't become sweet until no, you add no. sugar and shit to it. So, um, so they do happen. Uh, and like I said, there are unbaked cheesecakes as well as crustless cheesecakes. They do exist. Um not necessarily the most. I think unbaked is is relatively common these days. Crustless, not as much. I think I think most people put bare minimum, like a graham cracker crust. That's a pretty common thing in the states, anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, you know, maybe in other parts of the world, uh, they have a version of cheesecake that's predominantly without crust. Very possible. Um, so, but in the states, anyway, I don't think we ever really run into that sort of thing. Even fucking cheesecake bites typically come with like a little, a little <laughs> round yeah. of graham cracker grass. Um, oh, so, so there's good. a lot of variety when it comes to yield cheesecake. But that's essentially what a cheesecake is, a custard pie. So we're going into science time. Science time. Um, we've talked a bit about eggs as a raising agent or leavening agent as you leavening. hear all the time on the great british bake-off that's all leavening means it just means to raise it and we've talked about this a lot because to we've talked about bread you. and cakes and we've talked about yeast and all that stuff uh yeast is another big leavener as we know it uh metastasizes that sugar when you put it into a dough things like that which causes that release of the the co2 which causes the bubbles in your breads and things like that right right science um, <laughs> so um eggs kind of do a similar thing uh and that's their purpose in baking a lot of the time is to give your stuff rise and it does so by another process we've talked about a little bit uh in the fruitcake episode and probably others but it's the breaking down of proteins right. or what is known as denaturing um again i mentioned it's the fruitcake alcohol helps the fruitcake not spoil because it denatures the proteins essentially helps not you know create bacteria things like that um but also i mentioned in that episode fruitcake episode that when you think of eggs like when you scramble an egg you're denaturing the protein right like the the right. egg white turns uh <laughs> really? from clear to like you know white and then the 
So you can think of that. Uh, but since cheesecakes have a ton of eggs in them, it's a custard, what you're trying to accomplish is you obviously want those uh, to denature, but you want to do it slowly so you can get a consistent texture as okay. it rises and as it cooks. And so when you're making a custard of any kind, including one for a cheesecake, that's kind of what you're trying to do. You're trying to bring that up slowly to bring in essentially the function of that leavening action uh, by denaturing the proteins over a slow period of time. A lot of the times, if you've ever fucked up a custard, uh, yes. if it quote unquote breaks, Breaking it. it's typically just you're just you scrambled the eggs. Um, yeah, so it can obviously create a bad texture. Cheesecakes can also crack. They typically have right. the tendency to crack. Uh, a big thing that people do when they make cheesecakes is they do it in a water bath, um, as well okay. as when it's done baking, they open up the uh, oven, but only part way. A lot of people do the spoon method, so you crack open the thing, put a spoon in there, and so the leverage of the the wow. hinge okay. on the spoon keeps a crack in the oven, so that slowly releases the heat in the oven. Okay. Because again, you're talking about expanding and then like decompressing as it cools. Immediately, you don't want those okay. cracks to happen, so you want it to go slowly. Just in general, uh, kind of how heat and expansion and stuff works, right? Like, right, absolutely. Science. <laughs> science. science. When we apply heat to things, they get frenetic, <laughs> and we cool them. When we cool them down, they get Nice and solid. That's incredible. I didn't realize how science-backed cheesecake was. Thank you for that. Hey, listen. Uh, most of our shit's pretty science. I mean, we talk about cooking a lot. Most of it's pretty science-heavy. Sometimes we just Very don't necessarily touch on it because it's not necessarily the most uh, important. Like, I don't think we need to talk about the science behind, like, why a steak browns? Like, we've done that before. You know what I mean? But for that one, I figured I'd mention it. Um, Absolutely. We're back in Greece, baby. Of course. Where else would we be? And And Rome. Um, of course. Where else the, would we be? Yeah, where else would we be? Uh, the first potential evidence for cheesecake in ancient Greece is around 2000 BCE. Wow. Okay. On the Greek island of Samos. So, long time ago. Uh, anthropologists <laughs> extracted what are believed to be cheese molds that date around that time. Oh, get out of here. Okay. So, we know that cheese was around for a while, probably even way before that. Um, but that is like some you know, a little bit of evidence that, hey, maybe they were doing uh, some cheesecake stuff here. Uh, it wouldn't be until 230 AD uh, where the writer Athenaeus, I don't I don't speak sure. ancient Greece, um, is credited for writing the first Greek cheesecake recipe. Thank you. The cheesecakes back then were made of simple ingredients, though, flour, honey, and cheese, and wheat. Uh, super, super simple. Oh, wow, yeah. The cheese would be mashed uh, into a smooth consistency uh, combined with the honey, the flour, and the wheat, and then they used to bake them on a griddle-like cooking service, uh, surface. They were known as plakos, meaning plakos. flat mass. Flat mass. Okay. Plakos. Flat mass. So you can just imagine a big flat mass of cheese, flour, and honey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that as an they would cook that up like a haunted pancake and <laughs> they would just munch on that um cheesecakes were believed to be nutritious very dense um and they are just I was they still are, they still are. <laughs> but even specifically like when you read those four ingredients it's like no they were kind of right like they probably felt really full 
while they ate those, right? Again, these guys don't know nutrition science. They're going based off a feeling. So they probably eat uh, a flat mass and they're They're like, like, man, I feel real full and hearty uh, because it's just a bunch of dairy and carbs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But there's actually evidence that the Olympic athletes ate them in the first Olympic Games in 776 BCE. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then Rome conquered Greece as Rome's one to do, and the Romans would modify the recipe. Of course. They ended up adding eggs to the mixture. Ooh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes Excellent. they would put that cheese filling. Excellent. Uh, and sometimes they'd put that uh, cheese filling into pastries. So this yes. is kind of your first sort of like, oh, it's getting thrown into a pastry type thing. Um, again, this is ancient times. Whatever delicious thing you're thinking of, just get it out of your head. It it's doesn't not look that. like that. It looks crusty, dusty, and gross. <laughs> <laughs> a flat mass. <laughs> it's a it's a flat mass with eggs now. Yeah. Um, and it's probably in a piece of stale bread. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> and with the expansion of the Roman Empire, you heard of those guys, right? I think so. Yeah, the cheesecake would expand and change as it hit different European good. regions. Okay, um, it's a good food. Let's go to late medieval Europe. Oh. Yeah. Uh comic book transition. Uh yes. the, the cheesecake the cheesecake would make a bit of a change as it would uh reappear as a tart with a pastry base. Now um, you have my interest. Yeah, it's getting a little bit closer. Um and two recipes could be found in the first English cookbook, The Form of Curry. Yeah, circa thirteen ninety. One being Sambocade containing curd cheese, egg whites, rose water, elderflowers, um, and the second being tart de bry. The word bry uh, was derived from the old Norman for pounded, referring to the method of preparing the cheese. Oh, okay. And that cheese was uh, made, that cheese was a semi-soft autumn cow's cheese, uh, egg yolks, and ground ginger. So those were the two wow. recipes in that cookbook uh, that you know, resemble, again, I mean, it's a cheesecake. That's what a That's cheesecake exactly is. What it it's is. cheese, yeah. it's eggs, it's flavoring, and it's put in a pastry. It's a cheesecake. <laughs> All intent and purposes, it's a cheesecake. <laughs> it's che- I'm getting really, I'm trying to convince Elle what she doesn't need convincing. It's a cheesecake. <laughs> I'm like, it is. It is. Technically, you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, for sure. For the ensuing five centuries, that's right, five, five. centuries, almost every subsequent English cookbook contained at least one cheesecake that's actually pretty cool yeah that's really cool yeah but l it wouldn't be until the 15th century that the word cheesecake would start being used what again these recipes i've been mentioning notice that they weren't called cheesecakes (laughs) oh tarts something different yeah custard yeah yeah so cheesecake didn't really make its its way around until uh the 15th century and they wouldn't even start looking like modern cheesecakes until the 18th century so they would kind of keep wow, okay. this this nebulous form of like beat up cheese with some egg yolks and flavor <laughs> on uh, some sort of pastry. They would kind of keep that that kind of form uh, until the 18th century when we started replacing yeast with eggs in the pastry. So we've talked about Game this. Game yeah. We talked about this in the cake episode where for a while yeast was being used. And so again, when we think about old recipes and we're thinking about this old uh, food. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about eggs, but eggs were expensive, right? Very like, expensive. Yep. 
they're already using like, and you can see they're already using eggs in the in the in the mix. So like, ain't no way they're gonna be using eggs in everything. No, um, there's no way. But also, as baking techniques change and things come around and people try different stuff, you find out eggs can leaven just as well as uh, yeast. And I don't know, maybe yeast was hard to find out. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in global conflicts in the world. Um, Ooh, that's a so, <laughs> very good point. Yeah, so like maybe instead of cultivating yeast, they were like, oh, well, we got some eggs, we'll just use some eggs. And that became, uh, again, we talked about in the cake episode, using eggs became a very popular way to make cakes and also became a popular way to make pastries. And so when you replace the yeasts with eggs in the pastry, you get a more dessert-forward taste mm. because yeast tastes like yeast. It has a <laughs> bready taste, It you know, when you think of yeast, it's, yes. you know, it's bready. You kind of get bread. You get, I mean, I think of beer, but, <laughs> you know, bread, things like that. Dessert's not necessarily the first thing I think about, though, when you say when you right. say yeast. Yeah. Right. Pizza dough. And, yeah. Right. And granted, we do have sweet treats that are yeasted doughs, but for something like the cheesecake, which kind of has this subtly, at least at the time, was like a subtle sweet. Right. You know, this wasn't, this wasn't, again, these weren't modern yet, so... And more of a subtle sweet. So this big change from uh, yeast to eggs really kind of moved it in that direction of becoming like way, way dessert. I mean, they had been using weddings, things like that beforehand and all that stuff. But this starts to kind of move it towards that direction of the modern cheesecake. And then cheesecake would further take on a different form in the United States of America. Let's go across the pond, L. Let's go. Usually we say that when we want to talk about Europe, but we've been talking about Europe. So, so now we're, we're yeah, for abso- we're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're, com- we're coming back to the states. Um, <laughs> listen, the colonies liked cheesecake, of course, because Europe liked cheesecake. Oh, some stuff, some stuff just came over. It just translated. You know what I mean? Over. Yeah. No. Some stuff just came over. It, we, it, we were I'll only take that. so headstrong. No, 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 I'll take you know? that. Yeah. You really giving up cheesecake? We weren't. We it's weren't. Like, yeah, no, fuck those guys. But but like cheesecake though. They got good, they got good cheesecake. <laughs> well, we made it our own. It sounds like is what. No, yes, we uh, we obviously. I mean, when I was when we were talking at the top, I kept saying New York style um, because that's its own that's its own style of cheesecake. Like that is oh, it's not just like a regional a style of like that is its own style of cheesecake. That is probably in the states. It's probably the most consumed version at this point. Okay, but it is consumed overseas. New York style cheesecake incredible is a thing okay. overseas because it is its very own um, style. Again, we'll get into that. But we love cheesecake. By 1730, Philly had a place known Philly, as the Philly? Cheesecake House Tavern. No way. Ta- yeah. In 1730, Sold. they had a place just Sold. doling out yeah. cheesecakes, man. Martha Washington's Book of Cookery and Book of Sweet Meats offered three cheesecake and baked curd pudding. Um, the latter uh, is a crustless cheesecake, essentially, curd pudding. Mm, okay. All Delicious, of them flavored so. with, with rose water spices and currants. In 1828 in Boston, Eliza Leslie had uh, 75 recipes for pastry cakes and sweetmeats and a cheesecake was also in that accented with rosewater spices and currants and then in the 19th century the rosewater and spices would get replaced with like lemon or vanilla as flavor profiles changed and then a big change in the 1930s happened we stopped using cheese curds what and we started using cream cheese oh the game officially changed that this is the moment Let's talk about cream cheese real quick. Let's please talk about it. Cream cheese is a soft, unaged cheese with a mild flavor and a slight tang. Um, yep, we love that tang. Yeah, we, uh, people love the tang. 
Uh, love the tang. I often complain about how we use cream cheese in too many desserts now. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's used. It's used in low-grade tiramisu's because oh, people just like okay. think you can swap out mascarpone with cream no. cheese, which is fucking ridiculous. No, you can't do but, that. Um, people love cream cheese frosting. I'm not the biggest fan of I cream, do cheese like cream cheese frosting. frosting. Yeah. I must prefer uh, I must prefer a buttercream. But either way, I actually do like cream cheese. Uh, I just wish people would chill the fuck out. <laughs> that's, no, that's a fair assessment. I think it's a very fair assessment. <laughs> they just people need to chill. It's good <laughs> on a fucking bagel, and it's great in cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. it that's all and that's all it can be good for and that's okay that Go doesn't ahead. make it any less right now right now google uh buffalo chicken dip in ev- the top guaranteed top 10 recipes have cream cheese in absolutely it. guaranteed 100 guaranteed like you need well you don't need cream cheese in that there are other creamy cheeses either way either way no that is so funny you're absolutely right that everyone's like yeah. that is the main ingredients it's like oh we're making buffalo chicken dip. oh you have to get cream cheese in not like yeah, did you, you get the chicken get did you get the buffalo sauce yeah. it's the did you get the cream There's, cheese yeah yeah half of all of like Thank the, you for that. half of all the instant pot recipes are cream cheese based <laughs> 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 any, i love it uh so <laughs> any citation of cream cheese before 1875 okay. um such as Martha Washington's book of cookery uh that cream cheese uh it was a slip coat cheese so it's not like the same thing it was a slip coat cheese which is a rich milk and heavy cream mixed with um rennet coagulated uh cheese and then drained and then left to ripen uh in cabbage Ooh. leaves or uh muslin for several days until the exterior dried to form a loose rind um encasing the creamy interior Wow. Sort of like how brie is kind yeah. of like creamy on the inside, but has that like loose rind on the outside. It's a similar thing. So when they talked about, uh, when uh, cream cheese was talked about before, uh, that's what it was talking about. That's, oh wow, okay. But uh, the cream cheese that we know and love in uh, was made in 1872. Uh, William A. Lawrence. Shout out. He was a, he was a dairy man. A dairy obviously. man. Uh, in Chester, New York, he was actually trying to mimic a cheese known as uh, Neufchâtel, uh, which is a soft, crumbly, unripened cow's milk cheese that actually got used often in cream cheeses as well at the time. And he was just trying to recreate that and then sort of created a cream cheese. And then three years later, a New York grocery firm approached Lawrence about making a richer version. Mm, okay. uh, and so he ended up adding more heavy cream and it created a silkier and more spreadable cheese, dubbing it oh, cream cheese because okay. it's a lot of heavy cream in the soft cheese. So bada bing, bada that's, boom, that that's it. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Now back to the 1930s. Okay. As we now know, cream cheese was invented before the 1930s. So why <laughs> did it take so long for us to get on board for using it with cheesecakes? Yeah, Tim, why? Well, Cut. turns out that cream cheese needs stabilizers. <laughs> and before 1920, it didn't have any. Ah, so stabilizers okay. were added to cream cheese in the 1920s. Without those stabilizers, cream cheese tended to break down and it would get kind of gristly uh, in people's baked goods. That's not to say it wasn't used in baked goods. It was just harder to work with. It didn't necessarily always translate into a nice, smooth texture in your cakes, pies, things like that. So there were early recipes before like the 1930s. It's just that once they got some stabilizers in it, 
then it became easier to work with. The second thing that really kind of popped it off was a dynamite recipe. <laughs> yes. Okay. New York style cheesecake, baby. Okay. Okay. New York style cheesecake. We're here. So we get stabilizers and then we get the cheesecake of cheesecakes. Arnold Rubin, a German Jewish immigrant who owned a, uh, a slew of Manhattan restaurants, is credited with creating the New York cheesecake. He also lays claim that he made the Reuben sandwich, but we ain't talking about sandwiches. I was wondering about that, though, Very so I appreciate him, him clarifying that for, for me, yeah. So, uh, Reuben claims that after sampling a cheese pie in 1929 at a dinner party, he acquired the recipe from the hostess, then tinkered with the ingredients, substituting cream cheese for curds, and then Reuben uh, served his cheesecake to a high-profile clientele at his restaurants. Uh, in the 1930s, it garnered extensive renown and Imitation by rival delis. Ooh. One of those rivals? Ooh, yes. Lindy's Restaurant. No. In August 1921, Leo Lindy, Lindy's like a nickname, Leo Lindy uh, Lindemann and his wife Clara arrived in Manhattan from Berlin, Germany. They opened up a deli eight years later near 50th Street, Manhattan, uh, the heart of the theater district. Lindy's featured a creamy cheesecake topped with strawberries oh. in a gel. Shortly after the the Reuben's cheesecake, the Lindy's cheesecake gets the strawberry added and blows up. I mean, it's a big, big hit, and this is when it, the ball starts rolling. That's, uh, you know, cheesecake starts hitting it big. There was a rumor that Lindy actually hired Reuben's baker to make the recipe. Don't know if it was true or not. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to ask if they okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's true. And in October, uh, or and in the October third, nineteen forty-eight edition of the L.A. Times, our good friend of the podcast, Clementine Paddleford. Oh my goodness! Claps for Clementine claps. Paddleford. She's back, baby. Uh, wrote an article titled "Here's the Recipe for a Broadway Favorite Held Secret Till Now." She's got me hooked. That was she's a hell of a headline. Yep. She's the best. Always. Yep. Clementine Paddleford is the best. Um. <laughs> Paddleford's version contained cream cheese and heavy cream and baked in a cookie dough crust that remains the most reliable of any uh, Lindy's cheesecake recipe because it didn't actually ever get released. Oh. So that's the closest we have to go on is our girl Clementine Paddleford's recipe. Thanks, Clementine. New York would continue to experiment with different recipes. I just want to mention the jump there, by the way. We went again. 1930s, all this stuff was being made. 1948, LA Times is reporting on it. So, again, New York had a cheesecake. Like, people knew about it. So, uh, big deal. Set the standard. Like I said, New York would continue to experiment with different recipes, eventually making a crust with graham crackers. Uh, Graham crackers are actually uh, an American invention, apparently. Um, And they also ended up adding sour cream into the recipe. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's a a little bit of a mix, but apparently the sour cream helps liven up the texture in the cream cheese Ah, a little bit, which is good. Another big step forward in cheesecake, uh, or for cheesecake in the States, was in 1949, Charles W. Lubin left a small baking business and founded his own company in Chicago. Oh, American City. you're kidding. Named after his eight-year-old daughter, Adorable. Sarah Lee. Oh, no. The Sarah Lee. His first product, L, was a New York-style cheesecake. Get out of here, Tim. Sold fresh to local supermarkets. 
Five years later, he figured out a way to quick freeze his product. Of course he did. It's on. Then the company went, yeah, it went nationwide, as did the presence of cream cheese cheesecake. And cheesecake became a go-to for the American Sweet Tooth. Unbelievable. As it would end up in about every fucking restaurant's dessert menu known to mankind. Unbelievable. If you go to a restaurant, they probably have a cheesecake of some sort. Wow. Yeah. How's that for America? Bravo, America. Listen, and if you think for one fucking second I'm not going to talk about the Cheesecake Factory, you're crazy. Okay. Of course, I have a whole section on the Cheesecake Factory coming at you. It all started in Michigan in the early 1940s. Michigan. Evelyn Overton was a home baker, and she ended up making, uh, she ended up stumbling upon a recipe for cheesecake in her local newspaper. She ended up trying it out. She Mm -hmm. made it. It was awesome, and it became her signature dessert to make. Overton's friends and her family uh, enjoyed her cheesecake so much, she decided to go and do uh, a small bakery outside of Detroit. Good for her. Okay. The shop would close down. Not great. Okay. But she was still slinging cheesecakes out of her basement and selling it to local eateries to help raise her kids. That would not be allowed today, by the way. No, but OG Uh, shit. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that that's Lay's chips level of like you would never be able to do that. Yes. Remember Lay's chips yeah. was sold out the back of a trunk? Yes, <laughs> they were out here just moving that, their, their mixed. Are you tapes, kidding me? But it was Lay's chips. Never in a million years. You'd not be able to do that. FDA would so no. fast. So yeah, fast. No. You're yeah, you'd be shut down immediately. Once Overton's uh kids were grown uh by nineteen seventy two, they moved out of the house. Her and her husband ended up moving to California and okay. they they decided to use their life savings to Try the the bakery thing again. So they ended up opening the Cheesecake Factory Bakery. And it was successful. You know, they ended up getting a good amount of clientele. Um, and it was doing really well. Um, her son, David Marshall Overton, saw a lot of potential. <laughs> okay. And he decided that he wanted to open up a whole restaurant. Wow. Based around his mom's cheesecakes. Wow. And so a year later... They opened up the first Cheesecake Factory restaurant in Beverly Hills. The Cheesecake Factory uh, at the time only sold sandwiches, salads, and cheesecakes. So it was very simple. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy uh, like it is now. Not their entire book menu, yes. <laughs> then in the 80s, they kept growing and expanding more restaurants, opening up. And during that time, and this is fucking crazy because this is, I'm about to explain why the menu is the way it is. David's whole thing is that he just tracked what people were liking to eat at the time. So if they were going to a re- if they were going to like a restaurant because they sold really good falafel, he would just add it to their menu. No. No. No bullshit. So during the 80s, that was his whole thing and it fucking worked because they're still here. Yeah. They're in thriving. Ni- in so. 1990, yeah, it's nuts. In 1992 they go public and they get their whole look that they have now. Which is like ah, Egyptian, I think, or some shit I, like that. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> but in 2011, they actually put a cap on how many items could be put on the menu. I'll take a guess at the number of menu items that is. It's the menu. It's the current amount they have now today. Is that including cheesecake? It's the whole thing. It's the menu. I say that like it's like probably like literally taking away like 12 to 15 items. They probably have upwards of like 75 menu items. Right. Uh, that's 250 menu items. <gasps> they have 250 menu items. I felt absurd guessing like anything over 100 and you come <laughs> at me with 250. Okay, got it. It's oh my gosh. 250. 
that's the cap. They stopped at 250. Fuck. Okay. But they swap out roughly 10 to 15 items to keep a nice little rotation oh. in their menu oh, selection. Oh, okay. To keep it rotate. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's what, that's what they so do with So instead of like adding infinite amount of food, they'll just kind of swap right. out what's like popping off, you know? So like with their might, 250 you know, menu item. That really freshens yeah, it up a yeah. little bit. Got it. Oh my gosh, man. That's yeah. absurd. Impressive. Really committed to the bit. Impressive. He really committed to the bit. Yeah. So different cheesecakes around the world. Let's let's go over around some. The world, Why not? Around the world. There's a popular variant of cheesecake in South Africa made with whipped cream, cream cheese, and gelatin. Okay. Um, and it's a like buttered biscuit crust. Okay. Like a like a crushed butter biscuit crush thing. Yeah. Uh, it's similar to uh, British cheesecake. Uh, this. Cheesecake is more common in the British South African communities. Colonialism. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Japanese cheesecake, they do a souffle style. Um, so it's close okay. to like a chiffon cake. Uh, sugar, eggs, cream cheese, butter. 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 The Philippines, they do um, an ube cheesecake. That's right, an ube cheesecake with graham cracker crust. Ube is just a, that purple yam. It gets milk, sugar, butter. Okay. Uh, can be prepared, baked, simply refrigerated. And it has that nice little purple color. Let's see. What, let's, let's go down the list here. Uh, Russian-style cheesecake. It's a dough ring that's filled with cork or cottage cheese. Okay. Mm, okay. It also be on the cottage cheese. Okay. I don't lie. Uh, and that's, you know, that's roughly, that's that's some of them. I mean, there's one for like every fucking. I'm sure. I mean, there are places yeah. that still use cheese curds. You know what I mean? Made it their own. Like St. Louis has like a butter cake thing, and it's like oh, interesting, similar to the yeah, like it's like a cheesecake that has like cake on top, like a butter cake on. I don't know. It's a lot. Uh, St. <laughs> Louis. Uh, yeah. So that's different cheesecakes around the world. Um, and that's cheesecakes. So. Wow, Tim. Thank you. Wasn't that fun? I like that. I like that. Um, culinary experience. The cheesecake. The culinary experience. Um, yeah. Isn't that fun? It is. So it, where you at? You're at 300, man. Where yeah, you at? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm at 317. It's a perfect 317, food. 317, perfect food. But it's burr, a burr, perfect burr, food. Perfect food, perfect food, dude. It's it's. You really can't go wrong with cheesecake. I mean, I don't know. We've talked about it. It's creamy. It's rich. It can be a little tart, tangy, sweet. Yeah. I personally, like, really enjoy chilled things. <laughs> Like chill desserts, yeah. so it's like I don't know. Yeah, it just hits the spot. I, agree. I don't know. Yeah, it's just really good all around. Wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. Yeah. And that is the end of the podcast. Um, we got a perfect food. It's not the most rare thing on this <laughs> <laughs> on this show. <laughs> not with me, man. I uh, I love a lot of food. Yes, as as. Oh, we have a new segment, Tim. What? I, I haven't told you about this. No. We have a new segment. Okay. Um, that I'm introducing on the third episode of season five. <laughs> El, this segment's called "Wreck My Beehole." Uh, it's where we give our recommendations <laughs> to the people, and uh, so I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a wreck my beehole. Uh, guys, go check out Austin Martin's music. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. It's a good one. Go check him out. Uh, Meridian Sky. Uh, you can find them on uh, Spotify and Apple Music. I'm also going to recommend watching Shrinking on uh, Apple TV. It's a fantastic show. Please uh, go check That's that out. It's very one. fun. Yeah, L, what's, what's you, you got any wreck your beeholes? Um, I'm a little late on it, but I did finally watch the menu. And oh, that, my gosh. That's what you want to talk about. Yeah, there you go. 
Right to the beehole. That's a good, yeah, that's a good recommendation for a food podcast. Yeah. Guys, go watch the menu. Go it's watch fantastic. the menu. It, it like rocked my socks off. It was going, my mouth dropped a few times. It was yeah. good. It was a good yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, viewing experience. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. That's our, that's the end of that segment. That's it. Wreck my beehole. Guys, good. go check that stuff out. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to find us, you can find us. We're out there. We exist. Um, we have a website, and that website is um, shows.acast.com forward slash where does food. Uh, on that website, you can uh, follow. It'll send you updates for uh, any episode releases. You can also listen to any episodes on the website. We also have a wonderful little button that says access exclusive content. Wow, wow, wow. Because if you want to support us, we do have Acast Plus, um, which uh, allows you guys to uh, subscribe to us for five bucks a month. That five bucks a month, you get ad-free episodes, which I'm still backlogging. All the episodes from previous seasons will have the ads removed eventually. Give me time. Um, (laughs) Who knows where I'll be at when this releases, but I might be done. I might not be done. Either way, give me some time. It just takes time to organize that stuff. But not only do you get ad-free stuff, you get our episodes exactly one day early. Um, We release on Tuesdays. You get it on Monday. How How exciting. What a great way to start your week. Yeah. You get the inside scoop. Uh, so it's a good way to support us, easy way to support us. Um, but if you don't want to support us that way, don't. Leave us reviews. We like reviews. We do like reviews. Leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a one-star review, we still like you. We do. We <laughs> will. Five-star reviews, share, you know, that stuff helps tremendously with the algorithm. So for sure do that. You can contact us uh, on Twitter yep, at yep, Where yep. Does Food. Yeah, you can check us out on Twitter at Where Does Food. I'm not going to lie, guys. Twitter's becoming a useless plug because I barely use it. <laughs> but if you guys do message on uh, Twitter, I will get notified. So if you guys want to send suggestions or anything, you can do that. You can also actually, I never do this, but you can actually, we do have an email, uh, Where Does Food uh, at gmail.com. Yeah, there go. If you have suggestions, send us an email if you want us to potentially hit up some foods even like niche local things like i i'm interested i'm down to literally try and research and turn anything into Absolutely. an episode i mean we got a lot of different formats and we try and keep it fresh here all the time so if you guys have any suggestions or anything like that again you can check us out on twitter at where does food or hit us up you know on on the gmail where does food at gmail.com uh, you can find me, my personal, on Instagram uh, at Tim underscore and underscore Winston. You can find L at L Chapo with three underscores in between the L and the Chapo. But it might be just changing to, to the Instagram handle soon. We'll see. We'll see. Mike keeping continuity with Tim and Winston over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's still, she's still I'm over still on, on the, uh, I'm still on the hell site. She's, she's still over on Twitter. Um, last time I was on there, it felt kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, either way, I'm not here to grab about Twitter. Twitter. That's what Twitter's for. Ha <laughs> <laughs> It's the grab about Twitter. Um, yeah, guys, you can do all that stuff. And uh, another easy, I, I'm kind of doing this all out of order because we got like new shout outs. So I'm all over the place. But uh, another really easy way to support us along with the five stars is, is honestly just like word of mouth, telling people about us, locking them in your car and yeah. playing it on repeat. That's always a good way to that's get people to listen. That's usually a really solid way to get, yeah. Yeah, that's always a really good way uh, to get people to listen. Guys, if uh, I just shouted a bunch of like URLs and shit at you, that's cool, man. Uh, but you don't have to remember any of it. Perfect. Because it's all in the description Thanks, of the episode. Uh, and the website and ACAS Plus, that's all in the description of the show. 
I'm pretty sure I also plugged our handles at that as well. So like you can just go to the description of the show and it'll be there, but it'll also be in each episode description as well as any sources uh, that we decide to put down there. Uh, we're the arbiters of this. Like you don't get to tell me what source I get to put down there. <laughs> no, but if you want to read, if you want to read some of the stuff that we read to research this, which I always recommend, definitely check out some of uh, check some of the stuff out if you want. Uh, it it's not necessarily a bad time to read up on some of that stuff yourself. It's good. But yeah, that's all in the episode descriptions. And I think that's it. Fantastic. I think that's, I think that's the whole thing. Nailed it. Crushed it as always. See you. 